as i was trying to set myself on fire my dad came and grabbed me and he said son you don't have to do that here. and he shared the gospel with me that day and uh, when i prayed and asked the lord there was a sense of peace you know Today on First Person, you'll hear an amazing story as Dr. Ratna Saja, born into a Hindu family in India, joins us. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and this weekly First Person program focuses on the power of God to change lives and redirect them for His purposes. In a moment, you'll hear Dr. Saja's own account of salvation and healing. First Person is found online at firstpersoninterview.com, where you can learn more about today's guest and listen to past broadcasts. There's also a calendar of upcoming guests, all at firstpersoninterview.com. Plus, you can follow up on any program with comments at facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. Today's guest, Dr. Retna Saja, works on the ministry team of Dr. Charles Stanley and directs the international aspect of In Touch Ministries. Dr. Saja is also the founder of an evangelistic ministry called Nations for Jesus, reaching thousands of people with the gospel in areas characterized by poverty, suffering, and spiritual darkness, primarily in Asia and Africa. But his personal story started out far differently. Born into a Hindu family, Retna suffered from polio as a child, and that's where we begin today's interview. I talked with him in his office at In Touch Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I was born and brought up in a Hindu family in India. And uh, there were no Christians at all. At the age of three, I had a polio. I was uh, paralyzed from waist down. Since my parents were Hindus, they took me to Hindu temples all over India, hoping Hindu gods would heal me from polio. In fact, my father was such a staunch Hindu, he would wake up early in the morning at three o'clock. He would go to a nearby river. He would take a sacred bath, believing his sins would be washed away. So when I had a polio, he didn't understand, you know, I've been a strong Hindu, I've been worshipping, you know, these gods and goddesses. Why did my son have polio? And he could not answer that question. Because of the polio, I was crippled and I was bound to a wheelchair for three years. So during those three years, my parents took me to temples all over India. And they took me to one temple, they shaved off my hair, gave my hair as an offering to Hindu god. My parents thought God would be happy and uh, he would be appeased and he would be made happy. You know? Now, these are loving, well-intentioned parents, but blinded by Hinduism. Exactly, because you know, they didn't know anything else but Hinduism. You know? They were so jealous for Hinduism. And as you know, India is the birthplace of seven major religions. Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Jainism, Zoroastrianism, all kinds of isms. You know? <laughs> and uh, they were you know, sincere at the same time. They were blinded, you know. So you were in a wheelchair how long? Until you were six? For so? three years. So. Until you were six? Or? Until I was six. So six from years three to old. Six. Mm-hmm. And what happened at that point? As a last resort, they took me to doctors. So. And the doctors, they looked at me and they said that he would never be able to walk. He would have to be bound to the wheelchair the rest of his life. They said, you know, we could have given him polio drops before he had polio. Wait, you said last resort they took you to a that's doctor. That's it. They said so they turned is... to their gods first. That's right. Okay. As a last resort, they turned to the doctors, sir. But, you know, they received a bad news from the doctors. So doctors said, you know, he's already crippled, you know, he will never be able to walk. So they were so disappointed and discouraged, you know. Hmm. And uh, then they came home. My father was so down and my mother, you know, they didn't want to see me in the wheelchair. Then somebody came to my parents, you know, they started telling about Christian faith. 
Who came with that gospel message? And some, in fact, my father used to be a businessman. Somebody came to the store to purchase something from the store. They looked at my parents. Uh, they looked at their faces and they said, "You look sad. You look, you know, discouraged. Is something going on in your in your life?" You know, my parents told that man, "You know, my son has been, you know, uh, inflicted with polio. He is in a, a bounty a wheelchair. We are trying to find a solution for polio. Nobody offered the hope." Then that uh, man said, "You know." we know an evangelist and uh, why don't you go to the evangelist you know he is praying for the people and people are getting better from their sickness here and this is very unlikely to happen this is unlikely yeah in fact very you know, rare yeah christianity is considered as a religion for the untouchables in india since i was born and brought up in a high caste hindu family and in fact parents uh, they felt you know if a christian would come into the house the house would become contaminated you know mm. and uh, but, but they the were same, grieving for you they were grieving they were desperate you know they were looking for answers you know because you know they they had no hope in their lives here mm. so this uh, lady came and said you know there is a man there he is praying for the sick people and uh, why don't you take it doesn't cost you anything you know you don't have to shed the blood of the animals uh, you don't have to give your hair as an offering there's no cost associated you know so that was a kind of a bait for my parents because they spent all the money they had you know <laughs> to find a, a cure for my polio yeah. and this this cure so to speak was free this cure was for free yeah so what happened did they take you? obviously they took you then they took me my they took me to that evangelist's house my father said that i don't want the evangelist was in the house and uh, my he the evangelist told my parents come inside the house so my father said no i don't want to go he told my mom you know why don't you take him you know so my mother took me took me into the evangelist house and he shared the gospel with my with my mom and said you know and uh, jesus is uh, able to do heal your son from polio and i don't have any uh, i can't put any spell you know i mean i can i don't have any magical power but you know the trust in the lord jesus he can uh, turn your situation around and uh, that day he offered you know words of hope words of comfort uh, to my mom you know. do you know who that man is yes we do know the man i have to recall you know how he looked and it was it happened in you know, several years ago but uh, you remember that day yes i do remember that day i do remember that day and uh, he shared the gospel with my mom and he told my mom where is your husband my mom said you know my husband is standing outside he doesn't feel comfortable coming to coming and uh, touching you he believes you know if he comes and touches you uh, you uh, he becomes contaminated here huh. so that menace, that uh, evangelist told my mom you know no please invite your husband into the house so with much dislike uh, my father came into the house the evangelist also shared the gospel with my father as well you know and uh, the evangelist said uh, first and foremost uh, jesus died for your sins uh, and uh, jesus is same yesterday today and forever he healed the blind he healed the lame he can do the same miracle in your family but it is your faith that gives you the victory you know? were they converted that day and uh, that day the evangelist also anointed the oil and gave it to my parents you know i am following the scriptural command take this oil go home and pray for your son So that day they heard the gospel but they did not you know turn away okay. from sin and they did not confess the Lord Jesus Christ so they went home and took the oil and especially my mom she woke up in the she used to wake up every morning she would take the oil she would rub it on my feet you know from waist down and i heard about a god by name jesus would you have compassion upon my son would you heal my son from polio so she kept on praying every day for three months you know every day as she was praying my twisted feet were getting straight little by little you know little by little every time she offered prayer 
the twisted feet were getting straightened up you know in a span of 3 months i was able to take baby steps then i was able to walk within a span of 4 months i was able to walk completely you know i was not on any medication just because my mother who was calling upon the name of the lord then god responded to her prayers then god completely healed me from polio i am able to walk normal right now you know <laughs> did your folks praise jesus then did they uh, did they yes. come to christ how did they respond in response to the miracle they were amazed they were astonished you know what happened you know what brought the miracle then my parents shared the gospel with them we came we went to a minister an evangelist he prayed and my son is got healed from polio in reality you know not only the prayers of the evangelist but also the prayers of my mom that brought the healing power into my body so they could not resist the miracle as a result of you know this miracle masses of my own relatives you know who used to be hindus they came to the lord they had their own problems you know yeah. some of them did not have children yeah. we went to the doctors the doctors said we can't have children would you also take us to the ministry you know the evangelist <laughs> who prayed you know so hindus have the supernatural world view and they believe in you know signs and wonders and uh, uh my parents you know pointed them to the evangelist and a uh, lot of them got saved they got healed above all you know they came to know the lord jesus christ as their lord and uh, savior and just and, to clarify your folks did as well uh, my mom became the first christian and uh, she confessed her sins and she accepted jesus christ as her lord my dad said you know it's it's okay why don't we buy the image of jesus idol of jesus burn incense every day yeah, just add him onto the shelf add huh? him to the rest of the gods yeah, and goddesses yeah. my mom mom said no the bible said and i heard the pa- the pastor saying there's no there's no there are there's no other way you can be saved but through jesus christ so my father said no you know you are bringing disgrace to my family you know you became a christian people are you know making fun of me and they are treating me bad can you just stay home you know and burn incense to your jesus but my mom said no so one day she decided to go to church then my father came to know she went to church she came back from the church she he started beating her you know why did you go you are bringing reproach dishonor disgrace to to our hindu family and one day my father heard her so much my father and mother they went to bed restless during that night god appeared to my dad and he saw a bright powerful light in his vision oh somebody was calling him out of the light you, you are a sinner and my father is saying i didn't steal i didn't rob i didn't smoke i didn't gamble i've been a strong hindu i would wake up in the morning i would carry out the rites and rituals but someone was calling from the bright light saying that you are a sinner you need a savior and my father could not resist that voice he started crying out you know and he did not know why he was crying he was a strong hindu he never cried you know <laughs> and uh, he started crying and he woke up my mom i see a strong dazzling powerful light what is this light i open my eyes i see the light i close my eyes i see the light what is this light then my mom said god is light in him there is no, no darkness, darkness. Mm. and that day my father had an encounter with the lord and he confessed his sins and when he confessed his sins and god was reminding him of all the sins that he committed he was weeping like you know someone died in the house you know he was wailing and weeping you know and the people from the next door they came to our house 
is anybody dead in this house <laughs> what's going on in this There's house all this noise <laughs> and uh, they said you know nobody 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 is dead and uh, we are having a spiritual experience in this house wonderful and uh, that day he confessed his sins he accepted the lord jesus christ as his personal savior then they took all the idols in vain they put them in a river and became the bold slaves for jesus There's much more to this man's story, Dr. Retna Sajjan. We'll hear it coming up on today's edition of First Person. Next time on First Person, you'll hear Kim Katola, a woman who found forgiveness. I had never thought about an abortion. I had never, ever considered the political debate. I had never weighed it in my mind as a moral decision. It was simply, here's a solution to this problem that, you, that you're faced with. Kim found forgiveness and now helps other women find forgiveness following abortion. That's next time on First Person. Today on First Person, my guest is Retna Saja, who is from India, now serves Christ at In Touch Ministries with Dr. Charles Stanley. We'll get to that part of the story in a moment, but I got to go back and ask, we've heard the testimony of your parents coming to Christ in India, and you're healing. I know you've thought about this, but a lot of people, um, as I've traveled around the world, God seems to break through in whatever way he wants to break through, whether it's a healing or bright light, as in the case of your father. You must have thought about that and seen that yourself, right? Right. In fact, uh, I received the healing, and uh, like any other teenager, you know, I was stubborn, <laughs> and I was naughty, and I forgot, you know, that I was healed from polio, that Jesus gave, my, gave me feet to walk, and I became a rebellious young man like any other young man. Huh. And uh, So you had to come to a point of I had spiritual to, crisis in your yes, own life. Yes, I had a spiritual crisis, Wayne, and... Uh, you know, there came a point in my life, you know, I was, uh, dis- I was unhappy with my parents. I said, you know, why did you become Christians? Because Hindu, India is a, is a birthplace of Hinduism. Why did you embrace you know, a Christian faith when we have so many millions of gods and goddesses? Did you look at it as a Western faith? Yes, exactly, a Western faith. And uh, especially my mom, you know, when she became a Christian, s- s- the pastor was building a church. She gave away all her jewelry, you know, the wedding band and everything to build the church. In India, only the people that have lost their husband, they remove the jewelry, you know. So you were critical of your... I was critical of my mom. I said, Mom, why do you look like a widow? Why did you give away... Why did you take out your jewelry, you know? She said, you know, God spoke to me, you know, someone is building a church. I want to give away what is a, a treasure to me, you know. The treasure I had was the wedding wedding band, you know. Yeah. So gave away the wedding band, you know. So where did that turning point come for you? What Then, uh, then what happened, uh, Wayne, you know, there came a point in my life and I was... Uh, I felt, you know, kind of somebody whispering into my ears, you know, Ratna, you are miserable and you have no purpose in life and uh, why do you want to live a defeated life? You know, my parents were clothing me, they were feeding me. At the same time, you know, there was a discontentment in life, you know, something, there was a vacuum or a gap in my life. And at the same time, you know, I joined with a gang, you know, some Hindu militants. Really? I told them, you know, why, you know, we need to promote Hinduism in India. I joined with this kind of a gang of wicked people, you know. Their goal was to promote Hinduism here. And uh, so kind of we used to go after the Christian. We used to hurt them and persecute them here. We tell them, you know, you are getting money from the West. You are trying to evangelize and proselytize people in India. You were a young Saul. I was young Saul, exactly right. You know? <laughs> I was wicked and violent. And uh, then uh, what happened, uh, Wayne, you know, there came a turning point in my life. Some reason, you know, I was uh, peaceless in life. 
somebody was whispering to my ears, Ratna, you got no goal in life, you know. Why don't you commit suicide, you know? Hmm. Somebody said, you know, you are worthless. You got no purpose in life. Take some kerosene, you know, and pour the kerosene on your body. Oh. You know, I heard the gospel, people sharing the gospel. And still, you know, I thought maybe just a bunch of baloney, you know. <laughs> then, you know, then I took a kerosene one day. I thought that nobody is in the house. And I thought I should not live this disappointed, defeated, discouraged life. Then, you know, I took a, 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 a bottle of kerosene. And I wanted to kill my, I took a bottle of kerosene. I took a matchbox. I poured a kerosene on my body. And I picked up a matchbox. I was about to set myself on fire. Then, you know, the matchbox, it became wet because of the kerosene. It was not lighting, you know. Then my father, who was in the other room, you know, he smelled kerosene. He didn't know why kerosene, it was, there was a kerosene right. smell in the, yeah, house, yeah. in the house. Then he came, he grabbed me, and I, was, I, I pushed him aside. I took the matchbox, you know, trying to set myself fire. It wasn't working, you know. How old were you? I was uh, 18 years old then. You were that desperate? I was that desperate. Some reason, I've, as I said... I had the thoughts of defeat, thoughts of insecurity, thoughts of inadequacy, no goal, no meaning, no purpose, you know. At the same time, Satan was you know, telling me, you know, you are worthless, hopeless, kill yourself, you know. Then, uh, as I was trying to set myself on fire, my dad came and grabbed me, and he said, son, you don't have to do that, you know. And he shared the gospel with me that day. Then I started weeping and wailing. Uh, dad, you know, Somebody is a def- now I'm getting these thoughts of defeat, uh, thoughts of hopelessness. And uh, so he shared the gospel with me that day. He prayed with me and he said, Son, you, you had a polio. You were crippled, you know, waist down. And uh, we came to Christian faith because of your healing. Our eyes are open because of your healing. And uh, then I came to my realization, you know, Lord, please forgive me, you know. I sinned against you. Lord, uh, I need a brand new beginning in my life. I don't want to have the thoughts of defeat. I don't want to live a life of insecurity. Lord, I need a brand new beginning in my life. So that day, when, you know, and uh, when I prayed and asked the Lord, there was a sense of peace. You know. There was a sense of calmness in my life. Here. And as I started reading the Word of God, God started speaking to me from His Word. Then my life was being transformed by His Word. Here. Hmm. So you came to Jesus Christ yourself. I came to Jesus it, Christ. It wasn't what your parents, you, it wasn't their belief that you went along with. It was an encounter with the Lord yourself. That's right, exactly. And uh, that was the encounter with him, and uh, especially crisis, that crisis was a turning point in my life. Yeah. And that crisis opened my life, opened my eyes, and uh, then I gave my life to the Lord. Since then, my life has been different. You know. Yeah. Since then, and I never had the thoughts, never had uh, a thought of committing suicide, since then, of course, their life has been ups and downs, you know. Of course. And they have, life is, you know, filled with, you know, uh, valleys and... Uh, uh, well, Retina, I, I know we're going to skip an awful lot, uh, an awful lot that's important to your story, but I got to jump ahead. You're in America now, and uh, you are responsible for the international ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley in Touch, which is incredible ministry. I mean, how many places in the world is in touch heard? Uh, we are uh, currently reaching 175 countries with the good news of the gospel and the Dr. Stanley's teachings are translated and produced into more than 100 languages and uh, we are reaching more than 3.5 billion people in their own language. God is using you to do that. A boy who was healed, who came to Christ at age 18 in India 
Do you ever think back and think, how unlikely is this? I am the least likely candidate. In fact, I never thought, you know, why do be in fact, I didn't like Christian faith, you know, but God's ways are higher than our ways. He chose you. He chose me and never thought I would come to America. Never thought I would finish my you know, degree in a doctorate in theology, you know, but his ways are higher than my ways. Yeah. And uh, uh, because of his grace and mercy, you know, I am at InTouch Ministries and serving the Lord and uh, taking the teachings of uh, Dr. Stanley Outside the United, outside the United States, uh, reaching millions of people. But your heart still burns for your homeland. But definitely, yes, I do go back to India twice or thrice, uh, thrice a year. I do conduct evangelistic meetings and I do speak in crusades. And uh, I praise God, you know, that I'm winning my own people to the Lord. Mm. Has has anything changed in India? The, the big picture here has anything changed since you were a teenager? Uh, the life uh, life has improved a lot. You know, in the past, you know, there was no uh, good infrastructure. And now the infra- infrastructure has been improved, and uh, people are more receptive to faith nowadays. Are they? And uh, in spite of the in spite of the technology, in spite of the uh, the human wisdom, still there's a lack in the hearts of the people. I notice there is a tremendous hunger in the hearts of the people. They are looking for a true God uh, that they can feel, that they can touch. You know? mm-hmm. So, how should we pray for people in India trapped in these false religions? And uh, uh, pray that. Uh, people would respond to the gospel you know and also when we share the gospel we should not uh, criticize hinduism you know we need to let them know that jesus loves them you know so tell them you know that jesus loves them and people are broke and people are hurting spiritually and uh, people are hurting financially especially when that when someone is hurting you know when you give them a cup of water you know people respond you know mm-hmm. so pray that as as i know there so many ministries they are targeting including in touch ministries we are targeting you know by way of radio television when we conduct evangelistic crusades in different parts of the world and pray that the people would respond to the gospel you know mm-hmm. are your parents living uh, my parents are living in india in india in india so you see them a couple of times I a year i see them a couple of times in india i'm just curious what is life like for them today they are so happy they are extremely delighted that i'm in the ministry and uh, they praise god you know that once i had no feet and jesus gave me feet to walk and i traveled in you know, 25 to 30 different countries uh, taking the gospel so that extremely fulfilled thrilled and delighted you know that their son is serving the lord you know you know the verse i'm thinking of don't you how beautiful are the feet right how beautiful are upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who proclaim peace who brings glad tidings of good things who proclaims salvation who says to Zion your god reigns i love that verse a remarkable story of god's power to break through the barriers of culture and religion to call a person to himself as i said earlier retna directs the international ministry of in touch with dr charles stanley he's also the founder and director of an evangelistic ministry called nations for jesus conducting evangelistic crusades establishing hope centers for orphan children and leading short term mission trips throughout the world Additional information online at firstpersoninterview.com. You can also visit us on Facebook to leave comments and interact with others. We're found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. And then if you'd like to go back and hear today's interview all over again or pass it along to a friend, it's been placed online at firstpersoninterview.com. Just click on the listen button at firstpersoninterview.com. Next week at this time, our guest will be Kim Katola, a woman who regrets her decision to have an abortion and now helps other women struggling over the same issue. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person. 